So, Leslie, did you know that the typical household spends 1500 bucks a year on energy bills? And if you're writing checks this weekend, you sure do know. But Uncle Sam can help you shave up to 450 bucks off your energy costs. So gather up your energy bills and hit MoneyPit.com. Click on Ideas and Tips, then click Estimators and Calculators, and use the Energy Star Home Energy Yardstick to save some bucks on your house. And for answers to any home improvement or home repair questions, give us a call right now, 888-MONEY-PIT. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit, money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit, money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home, I call an 888 money pit. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Don't look now, but your home improvement projects just got easier. We are here to help you get the job done. We're on the job. We are part of the team. Just call us right now at one eight 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 Money Pit. It's a great hour. It's a great idea. It's a great time to fix up your house. Coming up this hour, we're going to talk about lighting. You know, the right lighting can make a big difference in your home. It can take a room from drab to fab. But if you're not sure where to start, there are certain situations where you might want to consider calling in a lighting pro. They can really be worth their weight in gold. We're going to tell you all about lighting designers in just a bit. And also ahead this hour, here is a question you should be asking yourself, especially this time of year. Is your roof steady enough to support the weight of a jolly old soul and eight flying reindeer? (laughs) (laughs) Well, what about leaks? You should be concerned about those also. Coming up, we are going to tell you a few telltale signs that you do not want to miss. Plus, if all you want for Christmas or Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, or insert your local holiday here is a new kitchen, you know that hundreds, if not thousands, of cabinet choices await you. When you're trying to make that decision, it is difficult. They range in price from hundreds to thousands. We're going to help you sort out the differences in kitchen cabinets in just a bit. And we've got a great prize coming up a little bit this hour, which is not going to cost you a darn thing because you're going to win it for free if you ask your question on the air and we draw your name out of the Money Pit hard hat. This is a perfect gift. It is the Christmas tree safety package. It's from our friends over at Lightkeeper Pro, and it includes an easy way to fix that one bulb in a string of lights that's making the entire string not work. You can tell I have dealt with this frustration before. <laughs> it is worth 70 bucks. yours for free. Be in it to win it, so give us a call. 1-888-MONEY-PIT. Let's get right to the phones. Who's first? Catherine in Indiana is dealing with an issue in the toilet tank. What do you have, rust stains? What's going on in there? Oh, well, uh, the inside of the tank uh, gets a lot of rust in it. I have water with some rust problems and no water softener. And I can clean the bowl with a toilet brush, but I'm thinking if I could get all of that rusty scum out of the tank, maybe the toilet bowl wouldn't get dirty so fast. Now, I have tried using a brush on the inside of the tank. What that does is just settle all those rust particles Mm -hmm. down to the bottom, and that sucks them into the toilet again. (laughs) Have you tried using CLR, calcium lime rust? No, I have not. Okay, that's a good product for cleaning up toilet tanks and toilet bowls, CLR. It's been around for a a zillion years, and it really works pretty well. I'd give that a shot. Not so unusual to find those types of rust deposits, usually from the iron that's in the water that builds up over a number of years, and that product's specifically designed to try to get it out. Now, that's not going to interfere with the, uh, the, the 
the plastic mechanism that's inside no, there. Is no, it? no, no, not at all. Uh, what you have to watch out for when it comes to the mechanisms of the toilets are bleach-based yeah. cleansers. Bleach is very corrosive. But if you use a product like CLR, you'll be perfectly fine. Oh, I hope so. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Ted in Missouri is dealing with a roofing problem. What's happening? Are you getting a new one? Is something wrong with the one you've got and you want to fix it? Uh, yes. I, well, yes and no. Um, my wife told me I need to pay attention to the roof, and I went on the Good. roof. Notice uh, a lot of my granules are missing, and some of the shingles are kind of warping upward. And I'm kind of curious, when is a good time to replace my roof? How old is it now, Ted? It is about, I would say, about 11 years old. Wow. So it's only 11 years old, and it's already starting to lose granules and curl? Mm-hmm. I yes. mean, that's a, generally, this is a cement asphalt uh, shingle, correct? Yes. So th- they should be lasting close to 20 years. Do you yeah, and the number one reason that shingles don't last, it's that, that the asphalt shingles don't last 20 years, is a problem with ventilation. I suspect, Ted, that you may uh, be uh, overcooking that roof. Now, how old is your house? Is it 11 years old or is it, is it uh, no, it's older? 22 years old. Wow, so the first roof must only have only lasted, lasted 11, 11 years. Okay, so now we're getting to the bottom of this. But now do you know, Ted, is the new roof, or, well, the 11-year-old one that's on there now, was it put on top of the old roof? Yes, it was. Yeah. All right, listen, Ted, here's what we need to do. First of all, there's definitely a ventilation problem in that roof space, and that's why it's overheating. So here's what we're going to recommend. What the design roof is this? The house is this? Is it a ranch, colonial? What is it? Uh, it's just a basic... Uh uh, the person who put it up, he built it from on his spare time. And okay, but uh, is it a two is it a two story colonial or is it a ranch? What does it look like? It looks like a colonial. Okay, so here's what you need to do. You're going to have a, a long ridge down the down across the top, and do you have a, a single story section with the garage in it? Yes. All right. So here's what. And does the garage have any living space uh, under it, or is it just the garage? Just a garage. All right. So what we need to do is at the ridge vent on the top of the two-story second, we need to add a ridge vent. And that's going to go down the entire peak of the roof. I want you to get one made by AirVent. It's a CertainTeed company. Uh, I think their number is 800 AirVent. At least it's been for many, many years. This vent is going to open up the, the top ridge space and let air get out of it. The reason I like the AirVent ones is because they have an extra little flap on the side that speeds up the depressurization so mm-hmm. as wind blows over your roof it sort of sucks the hot hot air out of the attic space now that's only half of the solution the other half is the soffit vents at the overhang you're probably going to need to pull off whatever soffit material is there because if it's covered with vinyl or aluminum soffit material it's not letting any air in unless it's perforated you need to have fully vented soffits this way you'll have air that goes in the soffit rides up under the roof sheathing and cools it in the summer which in your part of the country is going to be critical to making that roof last, mm-hmm. and then it's going to exit at the ridge. Now, the flip side of this is if you cool the attic off in the summer, you're also going to tend to dry out the attic space in the winter, and that's a good thing because it makes your insulation more effective. If you have a house that's got a roof that's only lasting you 10 or 12 years, it is definitely not ventilated properly. So when should I start doing this? It should be, I mean, it's uh, coming up the winter time, so it's probably not a good idea to do it now. No, I would wait till the spring. At this point, right. I would wait till the spring. But it's definitely going to be one of the first projects you do this spring. And if you do this the correct way, Ted, you're going to be good to go for the next 20-plus years. And you want to remove all roofing material from there and start from scratch. Yeah, definitely. Okay. 
because the additional correct. roofing material uh, Cuts holds its a lot of yeah holds a lot of heat, and it actually will accelerate the deterioration of the upper layer. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome, Ted. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. So not only did the first roof last 11 years the second roof lasted 11 which is years. crazy i mean they yeah. should have been just at the end of the first roof now yeah even the most economical roofs these days come with a 20-year warranty good thing tom's the home improvement psychic and you knew exactly what was happening there <laughs> been there done that <laughs> that's what we do pick up the phone and call us and we will look into your crystal house ball as well <laughs> at one eight 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 money pit you are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, and we are here to help you. Think of us as your support system, and you are the foreman of your home improvement job. So call <laughs> us now with your home repair, home improvement question. If you don't feel like calling us now, call us 24 hours a day, seven days a week at one eight 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 Money Pit. 888-666-3974. Up next, could your project stand a bit of illumination? Well, a lighting designer can help. Find out why after this. Wouldn't it be great if you never had to worry about running out of hot water? Do you want to pay less money to heat water for your home? How about this, a $300 credit on this year's taxes? All of those things can be yours with a Ream tankless water heater. A Ream tankless water heater is backed up by more than 80 years of trusted quality and a reliable reputation and provides as much hot water as you want when you want it. You can run the dishwasher, your washing machine, and shower at the same time and still have plenty of hot water left over. And Ream tankless water heaters qualify for a $300 federal energy efficiency tax credit through the end of 2007. So if you're in the market for a new water heater and you never want to run out of hot water again, now is a great time to go tankless. Plenty of hot water, energy efficiency, and a $300 tax credit. What more could you want? Relax, it's Ream. Visit SmarterHotWater.com to learn more. That's SmarterHotWater.com. Hi, I'm Leslie Segretti. And I'm Tom Kreitler with some great holiday gift ideas for the do-it-yourselfer on your holiday shopping list. You know, the Home Depot gift card is the perfect gift for just about anyone. It inspires recipients to start home projects, and 9 out of 10 homeowners already shop at the Home Depot. Gift cards are available from $5 to $5,000. And how about this? Who wouldn't love to improve their shower experience? Moen's new Inspire shower heads are easy to install and come in three, five, and seven different settings. Users can choose from relaxing and invigorating sprays as well as massage settings. And make sure that dad's or mom's tools stay sharp with the WorkSharp 3000. Its innovative air-cooled dry sharpening system is fast, easy to use, and works every time, sharpening those woodworking and shop tools with precision repeatability. And for the person in your life that loves to save a buck and who doesn't, give them membership to the American Homeowners Association. Members receive discounts on hundreds of home-related products and services. And check this, they get two great tools from Zircon just for signing up for free. For these great ideas and more, visit MoneyPit.com. Table saw. 18-volt drill driver. Eight-piece combo kit. You don't have to just wish you had the power tools you really want. With RYOBI, you can actually afford them. RYOBI Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. And they sound really good, too. RYOBI. Exclusively at the Home Depot.
This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by April Air, makers of professionally installed high-efficiency air cleaners. For more information, go to AprilAir.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And you should give us a call right now at one eight 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 Money Pit, And you could be our lucky winner, winning a great prize for this time of year. It's a Christmas tree safety prize package from the folks over at Lightkeeper. And it includes some really cool stuff. It's got a device that's going to fix that one non-working light in your string of lights so that the entire set will work again. And you don't just have to throw it out like me because you just get so frustrated pulling each and every light out and it also includes a sensor that's going to let you know if your live tree needs water and it's even going to alert you and your family if something's going wacky and that tree is on fire it's worth 70 bucks it could be yours for free just for asking your question on the air so give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT one caller wins this hour and it could be you 888-666-3974. Speaking of lights, you probably put a lot of thought into your holiday lights, but you know, you can do the same with any room in your house all year long. When you're redesigning a room, think about the lighting and consider hiring a designer with expertise in lighting your home. You know, a lighting designer works with a contractor and installer to make sure the right light is shed in living spaces and in task areas because there's actually different types of light that you want in different spaces. Kitchens and home offices are often the most shady projects, so here, a lighting designer can really, really help and can also save you a fair amount of stress if you don't have the right type of light in your house. You want more tips? Head on over to moneypit.com and click on Repair and Improve. Or pick up the phone right now and call us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Leslie, who's next? Doug in Rhode Island is dealing with some frozen pipes. How can we help? What's going on? Uh, we have a summer home which for the first time is going to be unoccupied uh, for the winter and the winters get pretty cold here in New England. And I was wondering what your thoughts were on filling the forced hot water pipes with an antifreeze and shutting down the oil uh, so that we do not have to keep the house heated for the, the winter. Uh, I didn't know if that would be a good thing or a bad thing. Well, you typically wouldn't fill the the heating system pipes with antifreeze. You typically drain all, drain the entire heating system and blow it out with a compressor so you didn't have any water in it. Okay. Similar to, like, your sprinklers outside, correct? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you would drain the whole system. Now, um, with the toilets, uh, sometimes you will find that when folks winterize a house, they will put a bit of, of antifreeze in the toilets just so that it gets into the traps and the places that you can't drain as easily. But sure. for the most part, if you're going to winterize a house, it's usually totally drained down. Okay. And uh, can I have a follow-up question? If I decide to heat the house, what is the lowest temperature that uh, I could put it down to uh, to conserve the, the oil uh, as opposed to blowing out the pipes. The concern would be letting it get too cold. And if you do that, you're going to have a lot of condensation. That's going to cause house problems. So I wouldn't go much below around 62, 63 degrees. Okay. Fantastic. Well, I do appreciate your help, and uh, we'll take care of that. All right, Doug, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Thank you. All right, if you've got a question about attic insulation, you'd be Mark from Ohio. Mark, how can we help you? Yeah, I'd like to turn my attic into a basically a toy room for my son and I. Okay. And uh, I'm wondering, just a couple quick questions. Is that considering a considered a? I've got a full walk-in staircase that goes upstairs. It's not one of the pull-down things. It's regular staircase. Okay. Um, is is that considered a living space that I have to have egress windows in and such? Are you using it as a living space right now, Mark? No. 
Well, no, it's just an attic, and I just want to turn it into a toy room so I can put my trains and his slot cars up there. Your trains and your slot cars, huh? Yeah. All right. And uh, so that, that ties in with the insulation that I want to ask about, but that was just one question that came to mind right quick. All right. Well, f- well first of all, um, it's not considered an egress in the sense that you have to have an additional ax- uh, exit from it, as far as I know, but you need to check with your local code authorities to be sure. Secondly, well, your real question is, if, if you turn that into a, a heated space, what do you right. do about the insulation? And right. the answer to that is, if that attic is going to be a heated finished space, then the insulation moves from the ceiling of the second floor up to the underside of the roof rafters. That becomes the thermal barrier. Now, now, to do that, you have to be very careful to make sure you maintain some ventilation space. You can't just insulate the entire rafter bay because you'll trap moisture against the underside of the roof sheathing and cause it to rot out. So what I want you to do is this. If your rafters are 2 by 8s you put in 6 inches of insulation. You leave about a two-inch gap between the insulation and the underside of the roof sheathing so that you have some airspace there. And then make sure you put ridge vents in and soffit vents uh, in, soffit vents at the overhang, ridge vents at the peak, so that air sort of washes under that space and, and pulls out any moisture that collects there. Many times I've seen folks try to overfill that uh, space of the rafter bay with insulation, and after about uh, five to eight years, you start to see sagging of the roof sheathing from the outside as the, wood, as the wood above that insulation rots away. So it's important to get that airspace in there. All righty. Um, if I were to, that's not a problem. I've got a ridge vent and, and perforated eaves. What about the floor of the attic? Can I put some insulation in that just so that if I kept the upstairs, say, 50 degrees, if we're not playing, to keep the rest of the house warmer? And think how much quieter it will be with you up there playing with those slot cars. <laughs> your your uh-huh. family below will not be disturbed. So there, there, uh-huh. is some, uh, there is some science to this. Yeah, I think it is probably a good idea in this situation to keep the insulation where it is and just add the additional insulation underneath the roof rafters. All righty. Um, do I need a vapor barrier between the second floor and the attic? No. If that's going to be, you know, say a 20-degree difference between the living space and the mm, upstairs, it's not being used. No, no, I don't think so. Not in that case. Okay, just in the ceiling, in the, in the yep. attic room. Mm-hmm. That's right. All righty. Thank you much. All right, Mark. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT as Mark zooms off to the <laughs> slot car race track in his attic. That's a nice project. It is a nice project. Susan in Michigan, you've got the Money Pit. What can we do for you today? Um, hi. Um... Well, I have a an old farmhouse, the two-story farmhouse, and I have a question on what to do about an outdoor staircase. Okay. Okay. Um, my question is, okay, this is a staircase that was built to go up to the second story that used to be an apartment. Okay. Okay. So, but now it's the stairs to nowhere because I have one one family house, oh, and so it's just a staircase that goes nowhere, but it's enclosed. Okay. I have a handyman who told me it would cost about $2,000 to take it off or $2,000 to, like, insulate it, reside the outside, um, drywall it, and maybe make it an additional little room off my entry. So I'm kind of stuck. What so he wants 2000 bucks from you, and that's, like, his number. <laughs> Beyond that, he'll do whatever you want, huh? Yeah, well, and he's kind of a family friend, so I okay. kind of go with him because he helps around little things around my house. And well, what's your end goal? Um, it's the ugliest thing, and yeah. it's, it's the side of my house, and it's what you see when you pull up in the driveway. It's it's really old. It has old clapboard on it. You know, I have to repaint it every year, 
two old, old wooden doors, um, a window that's being held up with a board. <laughs> hmm. Well, could you use the space if you fix it up? Probably. Yeah. I would probably heat it. Right. But that's the other thing I'm thinking. There's, it's totally not insulated. Right. You know, you, you can see the rough nails and everything. Well, maybe this could be the first step in, in trying to create an additional finished space there. Um, you know, a lot of these these old buildings that have these additions to them or these, these standalone buildings were put up way before we had, you know, the pesky codes to follow, you know, the building <laughs> right. codes. And so if you take it down, you may not be able to get it back. So, you know, if he thinks two grand, we'll, we'll fix it up and have it look nice, perhaps do some landscaping around it. That would probably be a better step than tearing it out. Okay. I'll, 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 it's, I'll keep it then. <laughs> All right. See, simple as that. <laughs> you convinced her. Thank you. Eight, you're welcome. 888-666-3974. Wondering whether you should tear down part of your house? Call us. <laughs> <laughs> Darn pesky codes designed to keep us safe. David, welcome to the Money Pit. What can we help you with today? I just made my house uh, maintenance-free, and in the process, I need to replace my gutters. Uh, so I'm having gutters installed or in the process of having them installed. Do those leaf guards really work? And if so, which is the one to purchase? Well, yes, they do work. The problems that I've heard associated with them is when you have a very uh, tall, very steep roof and the water develops a lot of velocity coming down in a, a heavy rain, then the leaves will not only wash off the roof, but so will most of the water land at the foundation perimeter and cause a, a basement leakage issue. Right. So as long as you have a fairly, you know, normally sloped roof, then, uh, then they will work fairly well because they work on the principle of surface tension. The leaves basically wash off the top and the water hugs to the gutter guard and goes into the gutter and then runs down the drain. The other thing to make sure you do is run those gutter downspouts out away from the foundation perimeter. This is the perfect time to do it if you're replacing your downspouts and your gutters. Yep, I already plan on doing that. Good, good uh, job. And, and the, re the reason why, you know, one, one company says, hey, theirs is the best, and another company says theirs is the best. I talked to a company that doesn't use them at all, and they say they don't work. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to get impartial expert advice. I, I put uh, one of the vinyl gutter guards on my gutters, and they've worked pretty well. These are also louvered gutters that they're sort of slotted at the top, and the leaves have been washing off, and the gutters have been clog-free now for about uh, four or five years. Oh, yeah. so. And they were inexpensive, and I did it myself. Okay. All right, David, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, can you tell the difference between a $100 kitchen cabinet and one that costs like over 1000 bucks? Well, I bet your bank account can for sure. <laughs> Up next, we'll get the buyer's guide to kitchen cabinets from the experts at Fine Home Building Magazine. You live in a Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Ream Tankless Water Heaters, which qualify for a $300 energy efficiency tax credit if purchased before the end of this year. Learn more at SmarterHotWater.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us now with your home improvement question. Call us with your do-it-yourself dilemma, especially if you're thinking about installing a kitchen. Do you know that a kitchen remodel is just one of a handful of makeovers that bring the biggest return on investment? But what you might not know is that you don't have to rip everything out to the studs. There are easier ways to tackle this project. 
Yeah, that's right. Even just replacing some of your cabinets or adding a few new ones in key places can make a big difference. But if you've been shopping, you know that there is a dizzying array of options out there, including just as dizzying of price tags. You know, so how do you choose what's best for you, your budget and your kitchen? Well, we are here to help. Joining us to explain the difference between $100 and $1,000 cabinets is Kevin Ireton, the editor of Fine Home Building Magazine. Welcome, Kevin. Hi, Leslie. Hi, Tom. This is an overwhelming topic, Kevin, because uh, a kitchen uh, renovation is a pretty big project, and there's lots of options out there. Now, we mentioned that you don't have to spend a lot of money. Last uh, November, Leslie and I actually did a complete remodel on a house uh, in partnership with the AARP where we needed to add additional cabinets. We were able to reuse the birch cabinets that were there because i got to tell you, that was like the golden year of kitchen cabinet mm-hmm. construction. I mean, the birch plywood cabinets were virtually indestructible. We added some IKEA cabinets to that and actually came up with a, with a pretty matching kitchen, even though we didn't spend a boatload of money. But today, it doesn't seem like the quality of cabinets is anything near to those birch plywood boxes we had years ago. So how do you get a good cabinet job? Well, the truth is you've really got to do your homework because you can spend, hundred. as Leslie said, you can spend $100 on a cabinet that's, say, a 24-inch base cabinet for your kitchen. You can spend $1,200 for a cabinet that may look very similar. So to understand what's different, you've, you've got to open the thing up and look on the inside. First you say go for plywood boxes even if you'll never see them. How come? Well, the, the least expensive uh, uh, cabinets are typically made with particle board that's veneered. Mm-hmm. And the trouble is uh, it won't hold up very well to pots and pans being knocked around. And also it's more susceptible to water. So plywood, the old standby, is just, is just sturdier and more, more durable. How does that affect the price, though? Obviously, the, the price goes up. But um, you, even lesser expensive stock cabinets can be found with, with plywood. Um, the, it's other things that really, drive, you know, that really drive up the price of that, that uh, $1,000 cabinet. What about joinery? So often you see things that are just butt-jointed. Do you look for fancier joinery as far as when you're dealing with the drawer bodies themselves, maybe with dovetails, or does that really not make a difference? Well, it does matter. The, the most expensive cabinets are going to have dovetailed hardwood drawers, um, and those are going to be beautiful and very durable. Uh, lesser expensive cabinets uh, will still have... Um, uh, so you can get solid wood sides, but they might be rabbited together and with screws or nails. What you, again, want to watch out for is particle board drawers that are simply stapled together because those are the ones that are likely to fall apart the quickest. And the doors really take a lot of wear and tear. We're talking to Kevin Ireton. He is the editor of Fine Home Building Magazine about how to choose a good kitchen cabinet. Now, Kevin, I think that many people would make their entire cabinet decision based on the quality of the door. But you guys say that solid wood isn't always best. How come? Well, um, the truth is that wood does expand and contract with changes in in humidity. Um, And sometimes that expansion and contraction can, can... create cracks or openings in the door. So some manufacturers will use veneered MDF for the panel in a frame and panel door. And many times that's a very wise choice. It's very stable and will hold up much better. Uh, the other thing is that sometimes those veneers can be more attractive than a panel that has been glued up by a bunch of separate pieces. That's one of the things to look out for when you're buying a, 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 any kind of kitchen cabinet is you want to make sure that the wood is pleasing if it has been glued up.
Mm-hmm. And what about making choices? I mean, Tom and I always joke that hardware is like the bling for your cabinetry. But how do you know what is, aside from your personal stylistic choices, what makes a good drawer pull? What makes a good hinge? Drawer pulls, I, I think that the two main things are aesthetics and feel. I mean, if you, if you like the look, then you want to grab it. And does it feel does it feel solid and good in your hand? Or are you grabbing something that essentially feels you know, ethereal because it's hollow in the back and, and almost like it's going to come off in your hand. Mm. As far as drawer slides, you know, the, the premier drawer slides are full extension drawer slides so that the drawer comes all the way out. You can get to everything in the drawer. That really makes it a heck of a lot easier, too. It sure does. And the other thing, these days, the, the premier um, kitchen cabinets have undermount drawer slides so that you don't have to look at them. Uh, now, personally, I, I like the look of drawer slides, so I don't mind that. And you do pay an upcharge for those for those hidden drawer slides. Great advice from Kevin Ayrton, the editor of Fine Home Building Magazine. That article is on newsstands now. It's called A Buyer's Guide to Kitchen Cabinets. You'll find that in the pages of Fine Home Building Magazine. Kevin, thanks for stopping by the Money Pit. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, well, you hope after spending all that money, whether big or small, on your kitchen remodel for those cabinets that it's going to last a long time. And you want that same thing to happen when you're working on your roofs. Now, most roofs, all those materials, they're designed to last about 20 years. But if you're not sure how old the roof on your home is, we are going to tell you how you know when it needs to be replaced. We're going to tell you those warning signs that you need to look out for in just a few. If you have trouble sleeping because of stuffy air or if your floors and furniture feel sticky, it's not the heat, it's the humidity. During milder weather, when your air conditioner isn't running, humidity levels can rise unchecked. Whether it's mold and mildew or musty smells invading your home, an April Air Central Dehumidifier will help eliminate excess moisture and get you back on your way to a comfortable, healthy home and a good night's sleep. Call your heating and cooling contractor today or visit AprilAir.com. April Air, fresh ideas for indoor air. Hi, I'm Leslie Segretti. And I'm Tom Kreitler with some great holiday gift ideas for the do-it-yourselfer on your holiday shopping list. You know, the Home Depot gift card is the perfect gift for just about anyone. It inspires recipients to start home projects, and 9 out of 10 homeowners already shop at the Home Depot. Gift cards are available from $5 to $5,000. And how about this? Who wouldn't love to improve their shower experience? Moen's new Inspire shower heads are easy to install and come in three, five, and seven different settings. Users can choose from relaxing and invigorating sprays as well as massage settings. And make sure that dad's or mom's tools stay sharp with the WorkSharp 3000. Its innovative air-cooled dry sharpening system is fast, easy to use, and works every time, sharpening those woodworking and shop tools with precision repeatability. And for the person in your life that loves to save a buck and who doesn't, give them membership to the American Homeowners Association. Members receive discounts on hundreds of home-related products and services. And check this, they get two great tools from Zircon just for signing up for free. For these great ideas and more, visit MoneyPit.com. Somewhere, a guy is tossing his golf clubs into the water. But you, you'd rather build, say, a burled maple coffee table. RYOBI Woodworking Tools lets you do it. RYOBI gives you the power and precision you need to succeed at prices that help you get going. Of course, there's still some equipment involved, but it's power tools. And you don't have to wear those funny clothes to use them. RYOBI Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. RYOBI, exclusively at the Home Depot. That's just beautiful. 
Wouldn't it be great if you never had to worry about running out of hot water? Do you want to pay less money to heat water for your home? How about this? A $300 credit on this year's taxes. All of those things can be yours with a Rheem tankless water heater. A Rheem tankless water heater is backed up by more than 80 years of trusted quality and a reliable reputation and provides as much hot water as you want when you want it. You can run the dishwasher, your washing machine, and shower at the same time and still have plenty of hot water left over. And Rheem tankless water heaters qualify for a $300 federal energy efficiency tax credit through the end of 2007. So if you're in the market for a new water heater and you never want to run out of hot water again, now is a great time to go tankless. Plenty of hot water, energy efficiency, and a $300 tax credit. What more could you want? Relax, it's Ream. Visit SmarterHotWater.com to learn more. That's SmarterHotWater.com. portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by RYOBI, manufacturer of professional feature power tools and accessories, with an affordable price for the do-it-yourselfer. RYOBI Power Tools, pro features, affordable price. Available exclusively at the Home Depot. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And Leslie, the new year is just upon us. And I thought that Boys. perhaps for uh, for our gift to uh, our audience for the new year, we should come up with some rules for home improvement. Okay. Well, the first one is never fix a plumbing problem above your head. <laughs> and the second okay. one is before you knock out a wall, make sure it's not holding up your house. True. Those are all sound advice. That's all good, right? I think we should come up with a rule a week. And this way we'll keep everyone safe and happy with their projects all at the same time. Hey, do you need some home improvement advice? Call us right now. We're here to help you out at one eight 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 money pit Now, we like to have a lot of fun on this show, but here's something that is not fun. A Christmas tree fire. We hear a lot about them this time of year. And they can happen with artificial trees as well. And that's why we're giving away a great prize this afternoon. Hour that will keep you safe throughout the holiday season. It's a prize pack, including a Christmas tree safety system and lighting repair kit from a company called Lightkeeper Pro. One caller to 888 Pit is going to win this prize worth 70 bucks. So pick up the phone right now and call us at 888-666-3974. You know, when you pick up that phone and call 888 Pit, you've got to ask a home improvement question to be eligible for the prize. And maybe your question has to do with roofs. You know, you don't really think about them a lot, but they do protect your home and everything inside. And your roof does put up with a lot over the years that you've had it. Ultraviolet rays, rain, wind, snow, ice, everything that Mother Nature can toss at it. And while many of today's roofing materials can last, you know, 20 years or more, the actual lifespan of your roof might be a lot shorter because it depends on a bunch of things like climate, quality of the materials used, the installation, how you maintain it. And you really want to make sure that you prevent your roof from springing a leak or even caving into your living room. So go ahead and take a good look at it. Look at it. Don't ignore it. It's up there. It's doing an important job. So start by checking your ceiling for any discoloration or spotting. That's a good sign that you've got a leak. The same thing goes for your wall's plasterboard. If you see cracked paint or peeling wallpaper, those could be some good indicators of a leaky roof. And also spots of mold that you might see or mildew or rot on walls or ceilings or even on insulation and electrical systems. You really do have to get into stuff and check things out to see if there's a leak going on somewhere. 
Now, the inspection should continue on the outside. You're looking for obvious holes or gaps as well as missing shingles or shingles that are warped or blistered or torn. And in fact, you know, there was a defect that was associated with sort of the first generation of fiberglass shingles, which are about 15 or 20 years old right now that actually causes them to crack right along the lines where the plywood seams are. I can actually, I've been on roofs, Leslie, where you can see the plywood sheet, like through the roofing shingles. Really? Through the cracks. That's right. It goes crossed eight, down four, crossed eight the other way and up another four. And so you really have to look very, very carefully. Get a pair of binoculars uh, if you don't want to go on the roof yourself. And remember, when you're doing those repairs or replacing your roof, make sure your roofer uses good quality premium waterproofing materials. One leading brand is Grace. Grace makes Triflex 30 and Ice and Water Shield, two products that should go under a roof's covering and will keep water from getting in. For more information on how to waterproof your home's roof, you can visit graceathome.com or call us right now with your roofing question at 888-MONEYPIT. Who's next? Taking a call from North Carolina with Lorenda, who's got a driveway question. What's going on? Uh, we have a retaining wall that separates our driveway from our yard. The driveway goes down to the basement, so it's a pretty good long wall. And now the wall is cracked. And my husband thinks the only way he can fix it is to move the dirt from behind it and fill it full of gravel and redo it. Is there an easier way we can do this? Well, do you want to fix the crack, or do you want to just take the pressure off the wall, or both? He's both. He's afraid the wall's going to fall. How how wide open is that crack right now, Lorinda? It's not wide. It's it's you know, it's not a wide open crack. It's just the wall sort of leans on the top. Mm-hmm. Well, if it's not leaning too much, you may not have to take that drastic a step. Your husband is correct in that pulling the dirt out and putting drainage behind it, which is what would be happening if you put the stone and perhaps some uh, some drain tile behind it, would take the pressure off it. But what I might suggest in the, in the short term is to adjust the grading to make sure that the water slopes away from the wall so that you don't trap water behind the wall. If there's a, there's a way to create a swale between the wall and the slope of water that goes into it, then that will take the pressure off. Because the reason it cracks is what happens is the water gets behind it, and as the ground freezes, it tends to push and heave on that wall. So it has sort of a ratcheting effect that happens winter to winter to winter. If you can simply improve the drainage so that there's less water against that wall, then it's not going to move anymore. Oh, okay. So why don't you give that a start? Because these things happen very slowly. If it's just a hairline crack right now, uh, you if it seems to still gets bigger, then he can tackle the big job next summer. Well, I just dreaded him having to dig up my yard. <laughs> <laughs> I think you also didn't want him to be right. <laughs> Lorenda, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Thank you. Robert in Colorado has a wiring question. What can we help you with? Hi, love your show. Thanks so much, Robert. Well, I have uh, three lights outside that's operated by my switch inside. It turns on my porch light and two lights that are on each side of my garage entry. And I'd like to put a photoelectric cell on there so we can go out in the afternoon and come home with the lights on. And not sure which one I should open up and, and how to wire it up. So you have three lights? Three lights, uh-huh. Right. Well, what you're going to have to do is figure out, uh, you have one switch that turns on those three lights or, or three separate switches? Just one switch. All right, so what you have to do is you have to put the photoelectric switch um, between the switch and the lights, essentially. So that okay. it will, that, and then the switch would have to be on all the time, and now it's running off of the photoelectric, so that when you, when it gets dark, it comes on. Or do you right. want a motion detector so that when you walk up to it, it comes on? It's really two different sensors. Okay. Now, an easier thing to do 
um, might be if you're having trouble figuring out how to do that is to replace the light fixtures themselves. And that was because many of them today have photoelectric sensors built right into them. And frankly, the cost is so low on these now that it's, uh, it's, it's kind of less expensive than, uh, than doing all the wiring. Oh, good idea. All right, I'll check it out. Yeah, I just put a new one in my back porch because uh, the old one had, had uh, gone away, and I think it only cost me about 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. And there's wow. so many nice fixtures available, too. Exactly. All right, well, I'll head out for my store and check them out. Thanks for your help. Up next, we dive into the email bag to answer this question. How do you know when your garbage disposal is ready to call it quits? Well, assuming it's still running, <laughs> otherwise you know it's gone, uh, there are a couple of things to check for, and we will tell you how to do that after this. You live in a money pit. The Money Pit is being brought to you by, well, by us. Save hundreds a month on groceries, not to mention significant savings on home improvement products and services with your new Money Pit American Homeowners Association membership. And get $50 in Zircon tools if you join in the next 30 minutes. Call now, 866-REAL-HOME. That's 866-REAL-HOME. Now here are Tom and Leslie. Making good homes better. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And you are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Hey, do you want to listen to us while you're working on your next home improvement project? Radio is so much safer for that because you can see what you're doing and just listen to us as opposed to watching a home improvement television show, which (laughs) has its place. Leslie, I will admit, I'm not here to diss your fine work. (laughs) But, you know, it's just a little safer to listen while you're at work. And you can do that if you download our podcast at moneypit.com. While you're there, check out our tip of the day and sign up for our free e-newsletter. Not only is it all free, you also get the best advice and information you need to help you save more money around your Money Pit all week long. And while you're there, go ahead and click on Ask Tom and Leslie and email us a question. And we're going to dip right into the email bag right now. And we've got one here from Olivia in Los Angeles who writes, I have a two-year-old garbage disposal and it does not grind the food that falls into it. Is it easy to fix myself? And if it's not fixable, what brand is the best if this one's just got to be replaced? Well, uh, aside from the brand question, there's a couple of things that you can do to, to check it. Typically, garbage disposers will jam up if they get a bit of debris in them. And uh, one thing to check if they jam up is the reset button, which is on the bottom of the unit. It's usually a very small, oftentimes a black or a Secret red and button. tricky. Yeah, it's kind of like a mini circuit breaker. And that's usually on the bottom of the unit. So look in the cabinet, look under the unit, look up, get a flashlight. If you see the button push it. And then when you go to turn the disposer on, listen to hear if it sounds if it sounds like it's binding. If it's binding, it might be jammed. Now, uh, unsticking a disposer is a tricky operation, uh, but I have done it with uh, um, something like a broom handle or a wood stick. Definitely not your hand. Definitely not your hand. Sometimes you can sort of turn the power off, of course, unplug the unit, and then using a stick, try to move the impellers of the garbage disposer around. Sometimes it's just a little stone or something that's jammed in there that stops it. And I've freed many uh, disposers by doing it this way. If those two tricks don't work, it's time to replace it. In terms of brands, look, there's a lot of great brands out there. GE, Insincorator. Um, the Insincorator folks have one that I know has an anti-jam uh, function to it that if it starts to feel like it's going to jam, it actually increases the torque to sort of power through those right through jams. Uh, but, you know, if it's time to replace it, it definitely is something you should do. You should not try to repair it because it's just not cost effective. 
All right, we've got another one here from Richard in Oyster Bay, New York, who writes, I have a 100-year-old home. It's got a nice size attic that I would eventually like to convert into living space. It currently does not have any ridge vents, attic fans, and only a few soffit vents. I've heard that spray foam insulation will allow me to put sheetrock directly onto the roof beams without damaging the life of the roof and without having to create a space for ventilation. Is this true? Um, actually, it is true. If you use uh, isocyanurate foam insulation, isonine is, is, is a good is a very good product. It'll do just that. Uh, but I caution you: it has to be properly and professionally installed. It's not the kind of thing you want the installer to install for the very first time. This is the Money Pet Home Improvement Radio Show, available 24-7, 365 at one eight 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 Money Pit. Gosh, those are a lot of numbers, but <laughs> they all lead to one thing, and that is hopefully the answer to your home improvement projects, the answers to your design dilemmas. Hey, here is a here's a home improvement dilemma. How do you clean up the big mess that will be left when it comes time to haul the holiday tree out of your house? <laughs> you know, no matter how good of a job you think you're doing, and I am a fastidious cleaner, yeah. you Fine needles like July, August. (laughs) All of a sudden, I'm like, ow, what is that? (laughs) Christmas tree. (laughs) Next week, we're going to tell you exactly how to make sure this doesn't happen to you with some holiday tree cleanup tips. That's all the time we have, though, for now. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself, but you don't have to do it alone.